Hi folks, and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout Global Podcast. So I'm absolutely over the moon to be able to say that this week's guest is our club captain and esteemed left back, Marcus Kane. Now Marcus is currently out injured and I think it's safe to say that we didn't realise just how much we would miss him. Um, so we'll all be hoping that he makes a comeback sooner rather than later. Uh, we do chat about the injury, so there's a wee bit of uh, insight into that. Um, this is an extended 90-minute chat with Marcus, and like all our guests, we talk about his entire career, right from the start of Schenkel Jr.'s days through to the current day. He touches on that trip to air when he first joined the club, what a trip that was, his opinion on the curtailed season and lifting the Irish Cup that year as captain, um, the hike for Harry campaign during the lockdown and what that meant to him and his family, as well as the Boxing Day game that year when the minutes applause was held for Harry. And also, it's a running theme throughout the podcast, and it is his bond with the Glenthorne supporters, what they mean to him, and how they have accepted him from day one um, since he came into this club. So it was great that Marcus signed a new contract in the summer, uh, which means that he will have a testimonial season with the Glens. And I really enjoyed this chat. So without further ado, here it is. Shout out the Oval podcast with our captain, Marcus Kane. So welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast, and I am over the moon to welcome onto the show our guest this week, which is Captain Marcus Kane. Marcus, welcome. Thanks for coming along, and how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. So it's the question on everyone's lips. Uh, we've we've heard bits and pieces, but what's the extent of the injury, and do you when do you hope to be back? Um, so basically, I had an an invulsion in my hip. Um, originated from the County Arm Shield game um, where it sort of inflamed um, and then I've done loads of rehab, got myself into training and unfortunately just on the Thursday night there um, a couple of weeks back it's it's sort of it's the, the injury intensified and had to get an MRI and you know it, the tendon sort of came away from the bone a wee bit um, so it's just now you know, getting that healthy and uh, getting back into training. Um, as weeks goes, um, like there's no time on it. Um, it's just when I feel comfortable to get back into training. Um, and myself, like I'm, I'm hoping to be, um, you know, back pr- uh, before Christmas. But like, it's, it'll see how it goes. So we have um, quite a lot to cover. Uh, so we'll get stuck into the sort of questions and what way we do it. We'll go in chronological order. And you started off as a youngster at Shankill Juniors, and you're at the club a very long time. And now they've got a good history of developing players, and I've also noticed that they feel like a duty occur and uh, towards the players that have went on to become Irish League players, no matter who they play for. Like that, that must have been quite nice to to have played for that club. Yeah, no, Shankill, I think it's it's got a a good place in my heart, and I actually went back and helped my dad coach um, a couple of years back. Um, when he was short with coaches. Uh, it just felt like I was giving back to the club that gives so much to me, um, you know, from uh, away trips to Blackpool. And, you know, we we actually had some success as well for a team that, you know, we're underdogs. We, you know, we think we won on our last season together. We won the, the two cups at the Lisbon League um, against a good, 
Newmill said, who uh, had Liam Boyce and you know a few other names, um, and no, a wee team from the Shankill to to uh, to bring two trophies home in their last year was you know was special. And what what was your position growing up? Was it always was it like midfield or or did you play everywhere? No, with... it, uh, yeah, <laughs> basically, was the, my, my dad was the manager, so wherever I was needed, I played. Um. Obviously left-footed, so I played mainly mainly on the left. Um, but I played centre forward. I played, I played right midfield. I played right back, centre half. Um, but mainly when I was younger, you know, I liked playing left midfield or, or centre forward. And then after you were at the, were you Shankill Juniors for nine years? Was it right about that time? <laughs> nine years, yeah, it's a long old time. Um, I played two years at under tens. Um. As what that's what you did back in the day. There was no, uh, you know, starting at four years old. You you sort of you started under nines, and if you were good enough to play when you were, you were seven, you would you would play, but you never sort of moved up. And I always remember getting at the end of the year, and uh, I never moved up and broke my heart. You know, I'm only like seven eight years old, and I wanted to move up, but my my, my dad always sort of held me back, and he wanted me to play at my, my own age. So the, the move to um, Linfield Youth Academy uh, came about. Um, did, how did that, there was a lot of cases, did they come looking for you or did you decide to make the step up to an Irish League Academy? Um, it wasn't actually an academy at them days. Um, I think my age was the last year where it was sort of like a select, where we actually had just a friendly with Green Island. Green Island boys, who was a bit of a rival with our Shankill Juniors team, and there was boys pulled from you know all over the league. You know, it, it included Hillsborough boys, uh, you know, as far down as Bombridge Town, and uh, they had likes of Andy McGrory, uh, Josh Cahoon, um, boys who played, you know, played Irish League, and Andy still plays till this day. And we played in this friendly game, and then the team was sort of picked from there. I think they had their eyes on a lot of the boys from Green Island, so that was why we played Green Island. Um, I think Jordan for safe, Jordan for safe was there too. Um, so there was a lot of names in it. Um, but yeah, it was it was more of a select team rather than an actual academy. And we went into the under, uh, I think it's under 17s now. It was the old we were under 16s then. That was with just before all the, that's I'm showing my age here because <laughs> that's when uh, all the, the the age groups then changed the uh, the matching. We were the the old generation of that. Well, you're the same age as me, so you're not that old. <laughs> yeah, well, the body feels old now. <laughs> feels um, old. So the well, when you signed for Linfield Youth Academy, did it ever sort of enter your head that you would make it into the first team? Was that always the expectation that, you know, you thought, well, I knew was going to make it as an Irish League footballer? Or was it a case of, we'll see how it goes here at this, at this youth team? No, it was, I think, after, obviously, my, my dad was the, my manager and stuff, it was, I did have a bit of a, you know, a point to prove, um, having, you know, a, a new manager. And at that point, I was just looking to, you know, play every week at Linfield. Um, at that point, I was still playing BB football at at uh, after Olympic games. Um, was playing for in the Lisburn League in the morning, and then going to play for the um, the second BB <laughs> over at King George. 
Um, so I was just enjoying my football. Um, and then, like, I think I'm just, you have to have a wee bit of luck. I think anybody who speaks to you, you do have to have a bit of luck. Um, I was lucky enough that um, Dennis Shields um, was the reserve manager at the time. Dennis Shields being a big uh, boys model. Uh, he was a teacher, um, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. He might have subbed at the time. Um, but he, you know, he knew who I was, and you know that that sort of got me into the fringe of you know the first team. And was there oh was, you, was there ever any interest, or did you ever get any sort of interest? Say you know the same scouts who were from England and stuff. I suppose it's more common these days, where you get a go to trial over in England or anything. But did you ever have a go at that? I was, and I was, I sort of, I always held that, you know. Uh, when when I got into the Irish League and boys would have came home from England and I never got the chance to go over and I don't I, I don't I think I might have had maybe one or two scouts come and watch me but no, nothing ever materialised and um, the closest I ever got to going away was probably uh, Northern Ireland under 18s um, I scored a hat trick against New Zealand and they a, a scout from America. Um, a university called uh, University of Central Florida had offered me a full scholarship and me being the smartest person in the world I signed for Linfield instead <laughs> so yeah that that was probably the closest I got from, from for going away from, from Northern Ireland um, but yeah I always sort of begrudged the boys who came back and always sort of thought that the Irish League was a gift and they could walk the league. And that's not the fact. You know, we had the boys there who, well enough, who ability and work rate to, to make it over in England, but um, obviously never got the chance. Um, and I think when the boys came, some of the boys came back, they thought that you didn't have to work as hard. Um, but that, you, you know, that's, you know yourself, that's not the, not the case. Is it the thing, the scholarship turning that down? Is it something that you you think about and regret, or well, I mean, it must have been a tough decision at the time. Yeah, well, look, I don't regret it because look, I've got a lovely family and have a, I've had a great career. Um, I just always thought it's always got into my head. I don't know why I always stuck in my head that I didn't have to go, you know, halfway around the the world to make it a football. You know, whatever I, I could do here, you know, maybe. It mightn't be as glamorous as you know playing in the states, but you know I can I can put my stamp on on the Irish league. And so you made your your debut then um, for Linfield. You could call them the first team. Uh, what was that? What was that like? Was that the moment that you thought? Did you think to yourself, right, that's it now? I'm an Irish league player. I've made it. Or were you gr- still grounded? The people around you keep you on the on the ground. I was very good. I was so much grounded that. Uh, I actually didn't make training, nearly didn't make the training on the Thursday night before my debut because I had an exam on the, on the Friday. <laughs> so I had a phone call I was revising in my, in my granny's house and I had a phone call from Davy Jeffries. So yeah, I already phoned and told, or I texted him and told him that I, I couldn't make it because of revising. And I had a phone call and, and then I was, I was about three or four missed phone calls and I was going, what's going on here? And... <laughs> So I finally David answered and David goes, where, where are you? And I was like, David, I, I text, I have, I have an exam tomorrow. And uh, 
So he was furious. He's like, doesn't matter what exam it is. You're in the first team here. Uh, I think, it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was St. Pat's. St. Pat's, yeah. Was it debut? Debut in the St. Anta. And I think he gave Brew McCall his debut a couple of weeks before. And he says, like, we're going to give you your debut too. He says, get yourself to train. I think I made the last sort of half an hour, 40 minutes of training. And, uh, yeah, it was like the debut was great. I actually like, I enjoyed every moment of it. And as a young player, you're, you're fearless going out on the pitch. Obviously, a bit of nerves, but everything's so raw for you. Like, I remember like, I was playing against their captain, and I think I ran past him about four or five times. And I thought this is easy. And then next minute, I took a bad touch and he absolutely hammered me up in the air. And I was like, geez, that's been put back down to earth. Um, but as I say, like, I, I never really, uh, I never, I never really got ahead of myself. Um, I always took it one training session at a time. And, you know, I wanted to prove that I was good enough to be uh, playing with all the boys who I was playing with, who were serial winners. I mean, that's a baptism of fire. and Pats were a top team. Um, I mean, they're a top team now, but they were a top team back then. We played them in the Santander Cup round then and had some smashing players. Yeah, no, they were a really good team. And as me being me, I, I like I, it didn't matter who, who it was, like I was playing against, like the, like the boys were saying, oh, he's good and all. Like, it didn't really matter to me. I was just wanting to go out and do do my thing and, uh, you know, help the team as much as I could. And, you know, hopefully put a good impression and to the to the fans and, and the, the management team. So you had a bit of a stint in the Limfield first team and then um, you went out on loan to Cart Rangers. Um, so you played alongside actually a really good Paul Heatley before he made his move to the Crusaders. Um, what was that like at the Carrick? Because I mean, it must have been a, a bit different than Limfield, opposite ends of the table and whatnot. Yeah, um, look, I enjoyed my time at Carrick. I think at that time in my Limfield career, it was... It was sort of going a bit stale, and I had a I had a chat with Davy, and Davy agreed that like maybe getting game time would have been the right thing for me. Um, at that point, I think it was maybe third choice left back at that stage behind a few boys. So, um, I went out and I and I, I felt like I became like a it gave me a sort of like the wings to spread and and become a. a a man in the football world because I had to do it on my own and um, a completely new team. Um, obviously, I knew a few boys who were there. Um, but yeah, playing with Heats. Heats was fantastic. Uh, so quick. He's still as quick as what he was. Um, still as sharp. And the Carrick team had loads of bottle. Like the, the, the first half of the season, they didn't, they didn't do too great. But when we came in, it, there was definitely we had a we had a chance of staying up and there was a couple of games where um, I'm sure you remember um, we actually withdrew to each with the Glens. I I scored and um, Nicky I think Nicky made a score in like the 80th minute. So there was games like that. I think we drew three to Cliftonville as well, and they scored in the last minute. So that you know I think I think we missed the the playoff by about by about three or four points. So you, you look at those games and go we you know we could have stayed up. Did you have to be in peak physical condition to play on that hill? I <laughs> know. We were at Seaview. 
Oh, you were playing at Seaview? Or, oh, that's right, right enough, because uh, yeah. they, they weren't allowed to That was the time that they, they dug up the, the pitch and the, the big oak tree had all the, the roots under the pitch and they, they, couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't put the 3G down, so they put it in the back instead. That's right, I forgot all about that. Flip me. That was... Yeah. That was... Oh. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare for the fans and the and obviously for the club, but plenty for me, you know. See if you <laughs> see if you down the road, and you didn't have to play in the hill. Yeah. <laughs> so your uh, your loan move to car comes to an end. Um, were you expecting to be given sort of a chance in the Liverpool first team after that? Were you thinking, right, well, this is this is my chance to go and grab the bull by the horns, or how did it, what happened there? Well, I think I I thought I done well at Carrick. Um, I played eleven games, scored twice, couple, you know, a handful of assists. I thought I, I thought I'd done, done, pretty good, and I was sort of I was I wanted I did want to leave at that stage at Linfield, but I was really worried in case they did offer my contract because I would have been then, you know, clubs would have been needing to pay, you know, all sorts of fees and stuff like that there. So I was in two minds, you know, if they had offered me a deal, would have had another crack at it. Or, you know, I was I, in my heart. I was hoping, you know, Davy would say, "Look, that's it. Thank you and stuff like that." There, and then I can move on. Um. So when he did say that, I think I was glad. And uh, it sort of was a good. It sort of list. Uh, basically, like a feels it felt like a phoenix coming from an the ashes because I was a new player. See when when I went, um, I did nearly sign for Carrick. Now <laughs> that was. That was the thing. I'm so I'm so glad that Eddie Addy Patterson for me. I had at that stage I was thinking, Jesus, I'm gonna end up back in Carrick. I didn't want to play no offense to the championship, but I wanted this play as the highest level possible. And you know, Eddie gave me that, that chance. And as soon as he gave me that chance, like I, I again what you said there, I grabbed the bull by the horns and, you know, stayed on as long as possible and I'm still here to the day. And that was so. That was only other club in for you at the time, Carrick. Carrick, yeah. And Crusaders offered me an amateur contract. Right. And you're. Um, you've you've found yeah. a connection connection with Crusaders. I do, I do. I don't think they knew that at the time. Right. Um. Yeah, but well, we all call him Uncle Kirk, but he's technically my second cousin. He's my dad's cousin. Um. Yeah. So Kirk Hunter. Obviously, a legend of the game, like um, h- hard man, as I, as I say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the crews offered me an amateur contract, which at that point I wasn't, you know, ready to accept. Um, I think it was only Jeff. I only spoke to Jeff Spears. I didn't even speak to Stephen, so I knew that they weren't really interested. But look, I was invested. In what Eddie had to say, Eddie brought me to. Uh, place in the town, what it's called, say the Premier Inn, and uh, I sat down, had a chat, um, obviously gave me the whole new stadium spiel, which I'm sure many a player has had at Glenthorne. Um, but Going back to the inter- 80s. <laughs> yeah, I was more interested in the actual, you know, uh, his plans for the, for the team was and the and. Addy wanted to win, and that, that was the one of the biggest reasons why I signed there instead of going to Carrick. 
So I think at this stage, uh, before we move on to your Glenthorne career, it's worth touching on club affiliations because I think there's this sort of um, conception that you're this Diana Will Blue Man because you came to Shankill Road and you play for Shankill Juniors and that team would have been littered with Blue Men. Um, but I actually, I've seen some comments from your dad uh, from way back when you were signing for the Glen saying that it wasn't really the case, that he actually had you at Anfield more than you would have been anywhere else um, and that there's more of a sort of the connection you spoke about with Crusaders. Yeah, like I, I rarely went to Linfield matches. Um, I might have went to the odd one. I think it was one time we actually just snuck in at half time. Like it wasn't like it was playing in or anything. Um, yeah, and again, like I went to uh, Big Kirk's testimonial with Rangers, and I, that was when I got my first taste of proper Irish league. Was going to that testimonial and seeing the crew play. Uh, a good Rangers team, a very good Rangers team. And uh, Crusaders, I, I I went there as well. But again, look, I wouldn't say I was a diehard Crusaders fan and I wouldn't say I was a diehard Blue fan. Um, but I, but I, like, if you're playing for a club, you're going to support the team. And look, I, have, I have all admiration for them. Feel they, uh, you know, they looked after me for the, the years I was there. Um, they give him a chance to play in the league and they show me ability to the rest of the league and like, I'm thankful for that. And did it make the decision to join the Glens at all difficult, even just being from the Shanko Road and um, you know, having played for them for the five years or was it just a no-brainer? Look, uh, again, look, I know I know a real big affiliation so I thought like they let me go so I don't know why they expected me just to, you know, to go to Carrick and sort of that, that will be it. Or, you know, if, if Glen Torn were coming in for me and they were happy and they wanted to see me and give me a good um, foundations of what they wanted to do, and I was all in. As soon as, after that, the talk with Eddie, um, I was definitely all in. Um, even my dad, and my dad would have been more of a blue fan than, than me. He would have been you know, went to Olympic Games back in the day and soon after we spoke with Eddie, he was uh he was like, Let's do it, let's say Brilliant. And then you do you sign for Glenthorn, um and you were saying about Eddie giving you the spiel with the new stadium, etc. But it's it's not really the Glenthorn that you probably remember from uh, years ago. You know, our financial difficulties were well documented and that must have been a tough environment to come into, um, a brand like a new club for yourself. Yeah, uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. That's sorry. No, I know it was there. Everybody <laughs> was there. I, I enjoyed the first sort of the preseason. Like I technically wasn't signed until June, the end of June or something. So and, and I, they they kept on asking me like, "Are you worried about no playing and stuff?" And I said, "I oh, know, be all right." But then looking back on it now, as me being a you know a third year in the Irish league, and I'm going, "Jesus, that was a bit dodgy," you know, very hurt. <laughs> you know, but I was just really enjoying playing football. And, um. We went on our, we went to, I think we went to Ur. Yeah, we went to Ur and played Ur. And uh, I think I only played about 20 minutes. And, you know, we heard the, the travelling fans cheering your, your name. And, you know, after it in the bar, it felt so much like a family club. And, like, as close as I ever got to um, Linfield fans any time I was there, 
I doubled it in one trip to the air with Glen Torn. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was just the club is the club itself was in a in a bad in a bad way. But I think Eddie done well by shielding it as much as he could. Obviously, we didn't get paid, which was well documented. Um, but you know, he he done a good job. Um, you know, not keep sort of not keeping us in the loop, and sort of keeping us playing football and looking forward to the season. Um, I think the experienced players too done well as well. Where it didn't really affect me as much because, you know, they were maybe taking a lot of the the heat. You know, I know what that's like now. Obviously, being captain, and there was a lot of stuff where you might have to keep close to your chest at one stage, um, just for the good of the team. Um, and it's always that thing where you know, football should be football on the pitch, and everything else should be left off the pitch. Um, but there is times, obviously, when that leaks on, and Addy done well for limiting that. You talk about that trip there. What a trip! I was like, oh. <laughs> it was like a European away day. It was unbelievable. It was, and I think the I think the the team the team needed it. And I think we, it, it sort of sat, sat well with us throughout the season. I know we, for me, I think we underachieved that season. Obviously, we won in the Irish Cup, but that team we had, I thought, was a, what could have been a league winning side. You know, you had players there with league winning experience, um, with hunger and desire and, and just authority throughout the team. Um, you, you, you think you're Nicky and Jason and Elliot, those boys... You know, with one with Glenn Torn, and and then you had the the boys who had the floor. You had you know, Dickie Clark. You had Jim O'Hanlon. Uh, he was there. Jim O'Hanlon, Stephen Carson, Andy Waterworth, Sean Ward. All these boys were you know serial winners, and I think we finished fourth. And the, the look back, uh, that's one of the biggest disappointments in in my career because I thought. That team should have done better. I know we won the Irish Cup. The Irish Cup's great. But I thought the team could have done better in the league. I mean, it wasn't a bad first season. Um, but they did continue your love affair with the Irish Cup. I mean, it's absolutely mental, looking back on it, that we hadn't won the Irish Cup since 2004. And me growing up as a kid, like we, I was at Irish Cup finals every single year. So to think yeah. back that that was the first, that, that season was the first um, Irish Cup win since all that time. But... I suppose it's the semi-finals to talk about because you scored um, the yeah. winner to take, to take us to the Irish Cup final. What was that like? Oh, electric. That's the only way I could describe it. Um, ball just wagging off my ear, hitting the net, and then I've never sprinted so fast in my life to get to the crowd. And the, the, just the, my, the hers of mine, the back of my neck were... They were nearly coming off. They weren't standing up. They were nearly coming off. It was, it was amazing. Um, it actually took me about four or five minutes after that to calm down. My heart was <laughs> nearly beating through my chest. And uh, it wasn't until Jason had a word with me. He said, calm down. <laughs> you need to calm down. Because I was running about. We obviously won nil up and I'm chasing everything. Like a, <laughs> like a dog. I actually watched it back. Um, recently, I watched the whole, nearly the whole match. And... Uh, it was a it was a dire game until till we scored. Um, but yeah, this oh, it was just it was just such it was such a relief that 
that because we we had worked so hard to you know get ourselves a chance to get into that you know position, and when we oh, when the when the full time whistle went, honestly it was pure ecstasy. Like the likes of Jason, like Jason hadn't played in an Irish Cup final at that stage, and I've never seen it. He's the only person who has come over to me, hugged me, and cried on the pitch. <laughs> Uh, and a semi-final. It wasn't even the final. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, that's a fond memory. Fond, fond memory. And one that, you know, will last forever, in my, my view. Uh, the, well, the, in the Irish Cup final, I mean, you talk about how you were disappointed the games didn't do as well in the league that year. Going into the Cup final, though, what a day that was. I think, it, for me, it ranks up there with Morgan Day and the Sean Armstrong Cup final because no one gave us a chance. Literally, no one no. gave us a chance. Um. Cliftonville had won the league comfortably. They looked class, and we went into that cup final massive underdogs. But we were absolutely excellent. Seeing that second half, that was what a performance. Yeah, no, and I, I knew, like I, could, I, could, you could feel it that, that even when they scored, I thought we looked very comfortable. The goal was a wee bit, it was a way to put it, it was a wee bit jammy. The way they scored, you know, I think Jay clears it off someone, and then it falls to. You know, probably, and then I think I think knows it. Maybe Jimmy Clifton. Someone nearly makes a tackle, and I'm near sure but it may have been Jay. And Jay says he still to this day doesn't know how he didn't make the tackle and how Gormley got a toe to it. Um, but I remember because well, obviously I was on the bench. You know, I know the one thing about it. I wasn't even disappointed that I was on the bench because I looked at the team we had and I was thinking to myself, that's a really good team, even though I played. I think I played 38 games that season. Like, I had so much respect for the older boys who, you know, that might have been their last cup final. That, that Some of them was their last cup final. I had so much respect for them that I wanted to be, I make sure if I get on, I make sure I'm doing my job if we get in the lead here. And we did, and, and well deserved. We, we more than deserved the the win. Um, if not, I actually thought we should have made a one of them, you know, in the 90. Um, just with a pure determination that the boys had. The that night was absolutely incredible. Um, I've never seen these Belfast party as hard as what I did that night. Um, the Irish Cup final, after the Irish Cup final that year, it was unbelievable. It was crazy. I don't think I don't think I've ever partied that hard. <laughs> I actually don't think my, uh, my wife's partied that hard either. Honestly, it was a mad night, and that opened my eyes to Glen Torn. That that's Glen Torn. That is Glen Torn. What? That night, that the winning of the cup and then that tour to East Belfast, um, every supporters club you could name but went to, um, welcomed me open arms, even though I was from a shankle. Might have gotten that mentioned a few times, I'm sure, throughout the night, but I, obviously I was too, <laughs> too uh, high on uh just pure ecstasy from winning the cup. Uh, they didn't curve. They, sit, they were slobbering them some of shackle or not. Uh, I mean, mind you, I think we had we had Mark Clark and Mackers and Eddie Patterson in the corner house at one stage. So I don't really think <laughs> that's a honestly I, that that night itself was just madness. It was it was great. It was so good, and you know, the the maddest thing for me was the amount of people that come up and thanked you. Like it was just people saying thank you. Um. Like, I didn't even realise it was, it was 2004. It was the last time that they won it. I hadn't even realised that until you told me her and I. So no wonder they were saying thank you. <laughs> but 
uh, the admiration that they had for all the players, no matter where they were from, you know, uh, they, it was just a pure love the whole night. And, you know, we were lucky enough to emulate it again in 2015. Well, I think that um, that's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned about you new know, turning the supporters' clubs and the admiration you got off the fans because I think that is one of the massive unique selling points, Glenthorn. I don't really think you get it at other clubs. I mean, maybe you do, I wouldn't know, but just from the way, and I don't know if it's because like the likes of Linfield, they're, they win, you know, they've won a lot of trophies over the years. It sort of gets diluted. But the Glens, um, the, the way they celebrate winning trophies, I would just love to be able to bring, if the Glens have transfer targets, bring them the night when the Glens win a trophy and let them see <laughs> Well, the way they'll be treated by the fans and the, and the celebrations that night, it's I love it. It's absolutely class. Yeah, no, and we did have that. A lot of the boys, obviously, who we had signed in January um, in the 2020 Irish Cup, you know, they didn't get to play, but they seen the celebrations. And even though that was in the midst of COVID, the celebrations were epic. Um, that was the, that was the, the maddest bus journey home <laughs> I've ever had. Um, but yeah, the, as again, the, there's no one does it like Glen Torn, to be honest, when it comes to celebrating trophies. Well, we'll welcome on to the, the cup final and, and touch on those celebrations. But after the 2013 Irish Cup final, um, sort of a raft of talent then started leaving the Oval to move on elsewhere, whether it was a cost cutting exercise or whether it was their decision. Um, and, you know, it might have been a tough year for the club, finishing fifth and with no silverware, but it was probably an important year for yourself. At Glenthorn, um, it yeah. was sort of the year then you you nailed your team, place down in that team as as a starter. Yeah, and you know, last the year before, even though I played thirty eight times, um, I still wouldn't have classed myself as a regular starter, and that and that's mad to say that. Um, but yeah, I definitely focused going into that next season, and. Like I knew I was going to work as hard as I can to make the team be as best best as I can. And, you know, with Eddie, I'd always stood well. That, you know, he'd give me the place of, um, give me my place where um, he always said, like, I was first in the team sheet. And that was all, all down to hard work. Like, I always, ability maybe isn't as, as much as um, most of the players in the Irish League, but, my, my work rates, you know, next to none. And the, the following year, um, it was another Irish Cup final, but a bit different this time. Um, it was at the Oval this time around. And, you know, a bit different too, because Cliftonville final, no one gave us any hope, whereas this one were probably favourites. What was it like winning the Irish Cup at the Oval uh, in a day where it absolutely last down? Yeah. Um, again, I watched that final back. I still don't know to this day how we won <laughs> I we won that much. Um, yeah, absolutely mad. Um, mad game. And really, really had to dig deep. We had to, like, I watched the, mainly the last 10, 15 minutes. We were really, really out on our feet, but we were still digging in deep. And the way that the, the crowd was set up, I thought suited us really well with the, the crowd behind the goal. And it felt like the oval felt it didn't feel as big, the pitch itself, because of the obviously the stands around the goal, and yeah, my, honestly, like weather aside, it was a, it was an unbelievable day. Um, 
I remember my, my wife telling me after, she said, um, look, I wasn't going to give you Molly for going uh, with a mascot. And I was like, hey, maybe I would have been going back up the tunnel to get her if you, <laughs> if you, weren't, if you weren't giving her. You know, it's, it's, you know, again, I didn't know if it was going to be my last um, Irish Cup final. So, um, obviously, a moment that I treasure a lot that's bringing her out to, you know, the Irish Cup. And probably taking it back a bit, actually, um, I think Tottenham on the semi-final because we played the Cruise. Now, that was another game that no one gave us a hope. Uh, I think the Cruise won the league that year. Um, I think yeah. the fact the fact, the fact fact that they were about to win, they had a title running coming up when we were playing them. Um, yeah. Thinking back to that match, it was a bit of a tactical masterclass. The, the team were so well set up um, yeah. and they, they were deserved winners on the day. Definitely. And we got our goal. We set out to get a, get the first goal. Um, I think Morneview more suits us a lot. Still does this day. Um, but yeah, hunger, desire to win first balls basically got us that, you know, got us into the next round. You know, if you, if you can beat the big man, chicken, but in the first ball, you know, your, your day's a lot easier. And I thought we did that. We rode the storm a lot. Uh, they, they hit the bar. Um, yeah, but it was a real. I I love that game. It was a. It was sort of felt like we that was our season, and um, for the Emmons it wasn't, um, and it definitely showed in the in the play of the two teams. And I think I remember Stephen Baxter's interview after, and he, you know, he tipped his tipped his hat off too as we you know we were the better team in the day, and um, you know the other boys didn't didn't show up, but. Like it's these hunger and desires that gets you into you know the big uh, the big pops as they call it, and like we really wanted to be there, and like that that proof proved uh, proved, but we definitely proved it on the day more more than uh, that was probably one of the best games that I've played in to date as a Glen Torn player, just out of pure desire. And yeah, I was definitely thankful for Curtis for sticking that one in there. <laughs> yeah, as he did so many times. And um, yeah. I mean, you can see the, the elation with the fans, pure pitch invasion afterwards. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Bad. Actually, I wasn't even expecting it. I, I ran over, I, kind of, I think it was maybe Kim or um, ran over to Kim to give him a hug. And next minute I turned around and had a chill in my hand. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> where, where is that? Where, where, where you came from? And then it, as it turned around, her father was taking a picture. I think it ended up in like a, in, in the, on the website. It's like, oh, this is, this is mad, and it just shows you again how it means so much for the for the team to be successful for, um, for the fans. And it was that summer then that you got. Um, well, it was Elliot decided to stand down from the captaincy, and um, him doing so meant that you were then given the captaincy. It must have been a great honour. Uh, no. I, I think it actually went to Maggers. Oh, was it? All oh, right, okay. Steve McNaught, right now, five. Sorry, it was after. I was, I was vice. You got um, vice captain. Yeah. But Maggers, when I Maggers get injured pretty early on, so I, yeah. I did do, I was captain most of the year. That's right. But yeah, no, it was a good. And I actually, like, a lot of respect for Maggers. He helped me a lot at Glentorn, especially when it came to, you know, um, captain duties and what what's expected of a captain. Same reality, you know. Alex still helped me to this day. Um, 
you know, if you're looking at looking any any knowledge on the Irish League, you know, Elliot Jermaine and and the do's and don'ts of being a captain, Elliot again is he else who else would you ask, you know? Mr. Twenty Years as he keeps talk, calling himself. <laughs> no, well, no, he doesn't call himself, I call him it anyway. <laughs> and did it getting the vice captaincy did it come a sort of a surprise? Uh, or you unexpected, I suppose then you know when you get the vice captaincy the next step would be captaincy, so it's as good as getting the captaincy, especially as you say when when Marcus was out injured for a good part of that season. Yeah, well, like, I was surprised because I was so young. And, you know, a lot of players who I was playing with were a lot older than me. And I always thought, like, for me, I'm not a big talk. I'm not a big talker in the, in the change room. But when I get on the pitch, like, that's, that's where I feel like I do my talking. And... Um, I always try and make sure that you know I'm a, I'm above reproach where I can like even though I'm having a bad game I'm still working my socks off so that everybody knows that that's the minimum what you need to be doing um, and there's no excuses if you're having a bad game that you don't work your socks off so yeah again um, uh, it was, I enjoyed being being captain that year because I always felt like it was a wee bit of less pressure on me because it was vice captain. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it was a good stepping stone for me. Very good stepping stone. And that was the year that unfortunately um, Eddie Patterson then lost his job. Um, Eddie's time at the Oval is something that I remember so fondly because he gave us the two Irish Cups, but it also felt like the first time. I mean, this might sound mad because the players went like getting paid um, and stuff, and there was a bit of financial chaos. But it was the first bit of real stability that I felt that we had at the club since Roy, Co- Roy Coyle. It just felt like Eddie would always be there. Um, how did you find working under Eddie and his, his coaching staff like Tiernan? Um, because he was the manager that brought you to the Oval and, and it sounds like you you um, you were really happy with your time under him. No, very, like, I'd still talk to Eddie now. And, um, Eddie and the likes of Chew and Seamus Tiernan were all brilliant to me and they looked, they looked after. I always thought they'd done well, the team, you know. Again, he was always talking about his budget and, you know, he always had an outside to get the budget. Um, and if you look at the budget he had and the success he's had, you know, you, you're probably looking back and thinking, how did he get sacked? You know, and um, he, I suppose looking in hindsight, you look at the two managers after that and, you know, that wasn't, you know, a great time for Glen Torn. Um, so I, w- I would like to think that the board maybe look at that as a, as a mistake. Um, especially now. Um, especially with the team, you know, we're doing a lot better. Um, than those, than those the, the, you know, under Alan Curran and under uh, Gary Havern. Um, but yeah, I, I love Daddy. I love Daddy. I thought Tiernan... Taren and Seamus, who are down at Lauren now, they're tactically, they're, they're very good. You can see that with the Lauren team they've got. Um, they definitely made a, fo- a left back, a football and left back out of me because when I came, I was, uh, I didn't know what it was. You know, whether it was left midfield, it was centre midfield. Um, but hats off to Seamus himself. Like, the, the man taught me how to, how to play left back and what, was, what my role was and what was expected of me. And, uh, so much admiration for Eddie. Honestly, he's, he uh, he 
he gave me my, obviously my, my as I said my my second break in, in the Irish League I always always felt like and yeah I think he was hard done by in the end um, especially not given the end of the season I thought maybe if you had to give him the end of the season he would have turned things around but we didn't lose the day the day he got the day he got sacked it was, wasn't the game no. we lost so it was it was strange but it was sort of one of those things where I think um, it's important to highlight that um, supporters sometimes don't see the full picture so the case for um, Eddie a lot of fans are getting on his back um, because the we basically supporters wanted to see progression in the league they were like oh the Irish Cup's great but we're going backwards in the league which is sort of understandable when you've seen the play like we lost Stephen Carson Carl Nixon Andy Waterworth Jimmy Callier all these players so regression is going to be natural when you don't have budget and then people also started getting sort of on the backs of even the likes of Tiernan now as a as a, a fan I haven't a clue what the coaches do in training so I don't see how anyone can sort of get on a coach's back and ask the question what like what are they doing so no, they, they've their time in, in Glen Thornley. I thought they were fantastic. You know, when actually I signed um, that year, they completely restructured that team. I know it was a good team, but like they they made us play football. We actually we played a good style of football. We tried to play it from the back, which a lot of teams weren't doing at that time. Um. And as the coach goes, they, they were very, you know, they're very personal and they were very, you know, they would have pulled you to say that you weren't doing certain things the way they wanted to do, as a good coach does. And it was a good balance. And, you know, Eddie wasn't the, you know, I wouldn't say Eddie was the, the, a tactical genius, but he was a very good man manager. And, and that's what a manager needs to, needs to be. See, that's interesting here because everyone has the opinion that Eddie Patterson isn't a good man manager. And then he loses dressing rooms. So it's really interesting to hear that you get the complete opposite from someone who's worked under him. Yeah, I, I like he may have lost the, the dressing room, as I say, Kevinville. I don't think he, he lost the dressing room with us. Maybe some of the, the other senior players may have thought differently, but I don't think he lost it, the dressing room. I think he did start to think about too much into the budget, and you know, he did feel a bit hard done by. Um, but you know what? Again, that's out of his control, and I think fans sometimes when you, you they 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 look they they should look back as well as I look back, you know, and think, you know, I think he was dealt, you know, harshly and and being sacked and when he did, especially the results we had when he did get sacked was were very good results. Um, so it does look like the decision was probably made, you know, previous to those results. Yeah, it sort of came. Yeah. It, it came down to after the Irish Cup final in 2015 I think he gave an interview and the BBC because he didn't come out that night he he didn't it wasn't like 2013 where he came out and yeah. celebrated he didn't he went home and said he wanted to leave the players to it but he went straight on BBC and he says um, uh, someone has asked him the question it must be great to get the you know it was maybe UEFA Cup then I can't remember it was Europa League uh, money um, Europa League it was Europa League and he said um, I think I'm getting 20 quid Yes, towards the budget, and then it was just from there you could sort of see things weren't so rosy. But that is football, and uh, the years that followed it were a bit turbulent. Uh, no top half finishes, but yet we always seem to find ourselves missing out on Europe just in the playoff final against Cliftonville. And um, was it tough having so many managerial changes? Yeah, it was tough, um, especially being cat being cabin. It was really tough. 
Um, you know, it was actually Gary Havern who gave me the captaincy in the end. Um, I was captain under Alan because, again, Mackers was, you know, in and out to the injury. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's for me who's, you know, I'm, I'm a winner and inside and, you know, the goal to some, sometimes we were going to the teams and I was, we were, we knew we were going to, we're setting up to not get beat. You know, it felt like that. And uh, that was hard, but I knew that Glenn Torn's Glenn Torn and there was always going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And even to give the fans a, a glimmer of hope, like, it just sort of, you know, to get into that European place, that that, that playoff final, give Glenn, Glenn Torn fans hope that there, there was going to be positives. And, you know, if if the money didn't come in, it may be a, a different case. But, you know, I'm I'm glad that the club's changed and, you know, we're we're definitely setting up uh, a stronger Glen Torn foundations in the community as well, which, you know, through my whole whole time until now, we we're we're doing a lot more for, for like primary schools and, you know, just just people in the community who need help and you know, we're full time now and a lot of boys do go out of their way to, to help help the community. So after um we had I had Kernan, we had Haven, and then we're kicking along. We got um Gary Smith and Paul Eman in. Um yeah. sort of kicking on Robbie Ronnie McFall in there too. So plenty um he also got managed by the way quite a few times. So lots of different yeah. types of managers. Um but then the absolute unthinkable happens and a multi millionaire comes along and buys a club. And all of a sudden, the Glens go from scraping the barrel, trying to compete with a shoestring budget, to all of a sudden being seen as a real force. Like, how did you react when you heard that news? You know the curseness? Yeah, for the <laughs> Honestly, I didn't fucking believe it, to be honest. And <laughs> <laughs> we first read it, we were like, this is a wind-up. Someone sent it into a group, and I think it's... It was like this big blow up thing of like it looked like somebody photoshopped something on the newspaper and I was like is, is this right is this happening and then obviously it happened so quick as well and basically it went from you know Leeper Gary Ronnie till like Monday like very quick it was just one train session we came and and there's the boys, <laughs> and and that was it. And my, I I love Leeper and um and Gary. I thought their time at uh, the Oval, you know, was short lived. But they were starting to make strides in the team. Um, and obviously their wealth and experience, you know, is second to none. And I've utmost respect for them. And you know. Football is a, you know, a, a good mistress sometimes, and you, you take chances, and then stuff like this happens. But, you know, Mickey came in, and uh, that was when the whole whirlwind starts, and we start to actually to attract players again. Did you ever think that you were going to have an opportunity to go full time, uh, especially at the stage of career where you went full time? I wanted to give it a shot. I know, uh, I know. Obviously, I had a job, and 
have my wife and my house and all to look after. So it, financially, it needed to make sense. Um, but I really wanted to have the crack at it because I personally would always wanted to go to England. And not to have the title of being a full-time player, but to train as a full-time player and to, you know, better myself. Um, and to, and basically just to keep up with the lads that was coming in, you know, the quality that we were bringing in, you know, was is, is, is phenomenal. Like some of the boys, like, if you look at the like, biggie player, biggie, biggie, sorry, biggie player in the Premiership and big Luke player for Man United, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I obviously played in the Irish League all my life and, you know, I wanted to make sure that my performance needed the monsters when whenever they were coming. Well, I mean that leads us absolutely lovely on to the next uh, question because uh, as a fan watching the games every week, I feel that full time football and the players who have moved into full time football, I think has benefited you more than anyone. And I mean in the sense that so you you were you were doing well before you went full time, and never knew that you had this other level to your game. You've you're one of the most improved players on the pitch. And that isn't to say that you weren't doing great beforehand, but it's just like, it's just taking you up another level to to your game. Do, and do you feel the same way? Definitely. Like, the intensity that I'm able to play at now, I don't think I've played at that intensity since it was 18, 19. And, like, I was always blood and thunder, you know, before, but the way that I, that I was able to, you know, get up and down the line as a full-time player is completely different to what it was when I was a part-time player. And like that's all to do with the training we're doing. We, I know a lot of the fans are, you know, asking what is the difference. I think if you look at me, like that, that is the difference. Um, my level of performance has just completely went through the roof compared to what it was before. Now, it did, it did take me, had a bit of teasing problems. It was, it was tough. Like, I thought this was going to be a walk in the park. And I remember sitting down with a gaffer and one day after, after about two weeks, and it was nearly like I was going back to Argento. I, I was like, I, I don't know how I could do this. <laughs> they were like, no, you're doing all right. It just takes a while. And honestly, it took me about a good month to get used to the training. Um, even though, like, on paper, if I was to write out my training schedule compared to what it was before, it maybe wouldn't look that much of a difference, but it's the table training you're doing, and you know, you know, the strength training and the, the the conditioning training. It just works wonders when you're linking them with like uh, a a full time, uh, a full time plan in a week. And do you think it's tough then for the players because there's a few players in the team who aren't full time? And do you think that that's do you think it's tough for them? It is. It probably is tough. Um, but I don't think they miss out a lot on tactical, like tactical stuff. Um, obviously, fitness-wise, some of the boys were fit anyway. Um, but again, you know that's 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 uh, a lot of them are used to playing like that. Again, I was used to playing as a part-time player, and I do think you fit it once you fit into a routine. You know, you mould your fitness around it. Um, and like I can't, I can't. All the boys who are part time, I think, put in a great shift. Especially, um, I think Shannon's. A, you know, he did go full time for a while, but you know, he's back to part time, and 
the guy's fitness is a joke. Uh, he's, his intensity is unreal. I do think he gives the boys a boost when he when he comes on in the games and you know throws himself about and uh, he definitely raises the boys' performance level, um, especially when he gets on. You know. 50 or 60 minutes he really does give a boys a kick up a hole to start doing this is what they should be doing um, but yeah so part time part time's good as well but I do think for me that the full time is, is worth wonders so in, end of the first season um, under Mick and Wendy in the alley poor years as we call them um, we're doing quite well uh, we won a run of 15 games uh, unbeaten and then we stumble a wee bit against Lorne um, and after that there uh Coronavirus actually hits. National lockdown. The league ends up curtailed. Um, yeah. You know, I think we're we're given. You look at I looked at the league table. I forgot. I couldn't even remember where we finished that year because it feels like we were doing really well. And I looked at the league table and we finished fifth in the end because of the league was curtailed. Now we're about two points off third or something. Um, yeah. but it doesn't really re- reflect sort of how good we were that season. How did you feel as a player when all that happened? As the, as the coronavirus? Uh, it's just the coronavirus hit because of the season we were having. Yeah, well, I, I, I was disappointed, but then like people were dying and stuff, so I was like, right, this is a bit bigger than football. But on the run that, on the run that we had, I, th- I was disappointed that we didn't, we didn't, you know, step on an, another gear. We sort of stalled a bit. And it all did, you're right, it came down. It was a game at... Uh, Am I right? Did Hervoy get injured? Hervoy got injured in that game. I it was the game when they scored late on. Hey, they scored. Yeah, he got injured in the during the goal. Yeah, and Marion punched it on the the boy's head. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that that game did turn it a wee bit, but we were we dropped points against. I think it might have been Galavan and Carrick. It was maybe two draws or something like that. And Cor- Corian. Corian. I remember and every every game we played was in a storm. Um, we kept, yeah. and we conceded two goals from corners. Yeah, that's right. And but look, that that league had a lot more left in it. I thought we we if the league had have finished, we would have finished a lot higher than fifth. Definitely, we would have finished higher than fifth. We we had a chance to win it. It was probably slim, but if we got on a run of form, like we did in the middle of the season. Who's saying what would have happened? But again, like it always, we always look back at that league as a, you know, as an asterisk. It's it wasn't finished. Um, I always feel like you have to earn stuff in football. Definitely, that the boy, the Linfield and Corian didn't earn, didn't earn the the, uh, the 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 places for Europe. And then I'm sure it's probably your next question. We we definitely earned her. You know, we're placing you about you. Well, the the next thing I'm actually going to touch on was um, the lockdown. Um, and during yeah. during lockdown, everyone's a bit bored. Um, they're either drinking heavily, doing Zoom quizzes, <laughs> or enjoying the um, the heat wave. Um, but then something special happened that sort of brought a smile to everyone's face. And we were really yeah. worried. Thinking back on it now, we're only what one hour of exercise a day, which is absolutely mental to think about. And then you and yeah. Amy started your hike for Harry campaign via social media. And it was just amazing. It was everyone, everyone got involved. Um, it put a smile on everyone's face. It got so much coverage. It's raised so much money. And the support you guys received from the league and people and, and public in general, it must have been really heartwarming for you. 
yeah, it was it was very humbling, and uh, it was so special. Um, it was a great idea that came from Glentorn Media Team. Um, honestly, it, it I, I I just couldn't believe that it took off the way it did. Like if we we set a target for ten thousand pounds in a year for a year, that was for a year. Actually, it was just a a ten thousand pound till his birthday in December, and we we were. Absolutely gobsmacked whenever I looked at the GoFundMe page and it was the weekend and it was like £9,000 in it. And it just kept going and growing and growing. And still to this day, like we still get, you know, people are saying about the hype for Harry and saying how, like, how amazing it was. And to have that legacy for him um, is amazing. But just the, just the, the people were thinking about him during one of the well, during something that we're going to be talking about in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years is just, it's just phenomenal. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And even going back to like, before lockdown, and uh, I always think fair play on the day of the Boxing Day match when Linfield kicked the ball out. So for the minutes applause and all their players and everything yeah. joined in, it was, it was special. It was very special. We were at home and I'm getting a bit emotional here. Uh, yeah, we were watching it on uh, TV, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house in here. And honestly, I didn't. And not, not a word of a lie. I didn't watch a ball after that. I didn't. I didn't watch a ball kicked after that. I turned it off, and was just like, "Please let us win," and just went to uh, went to Amy's mom's house and had Christmas dinner and. Hands to turn around to me, and I didn't want Amy didn't tell her, but I didn't want to know about the match. I wanted to go and look at the full time. And she says, Oh, the clans are doing well, they're winning 3 0. <laughs> so I went on, I went on quick and watched all the goals. And yeah, as class. I remember big Gavin Pierce's interview after, too. And, um, you know, they, you know, the, what he said in his interview was so, so touching. Um, uh, they done the obviously they said they done for Harry and all it was it was just so class and uh, yeah it was a special day special day for me it sort of gave me uh, something inside because at the one point I was thinking to myself like this could be two or three months before I'm back you know and and a position in my head where I could play football again and after that there I was just like I need to get back because the boys are the boys are obviously missing me and they want me back in the team. And, Obviously, to know that they're all thinking about me was very, very special. Um, it, it did really drive me back to, to get back into football. It's amazing to hear. It's great that um, he's had that support, and um, especially at such a hard time. Um, and we'll, we'll go back to the football um, and the, the league that season. Um, it got curtailed, and then the Irish FA decide that, okay, we, we're going to play the Irish Cup. Um, which we just happened to be in the semi-final of. So yeah. it's, it's sort of a bizarre set of circumstances, um, playing football in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but the semi-final against Cliftonville was a great game. Uh, I felt like we deserved, we deserved to win at normal time, but it goes to yeah. penalties. And what are your memories of that? It was just win, honestly. I, was, <laughs> I think all the boys were just... Like, a lot of the boys, like times when you're, you know, you're in an Irish Cup... 
and you know you're not in anything else it can get all sort of muddled up where it's it's about the money it's about to get into Europe it's, it's about to get that cash we just wanted to win the trophy like we just we were so so caught up on that we're winning this no matter what we've worked so hard we've came over so much obstacles to get to this position where we're playing a semi-final even at that so we were just all in and the boys didn't let me down I, I thought everybody was super you know the team we played that wouldn't have been the team that you, you picked you know but with boys who were missing and uh, but everybody put a shift in everybody um, Alvio Obano would make it right back yeah well, yeah and, he, and he, he struggled at the start but a few sharp words at half time made sure that he, he got uh, he got his stuff together and um, I thought he'd done brilliant after that um, but yeah and the, the match itself we conceded early uh, Paddy scored an OG which is which was still the maddest goal I've ever seen in my life so Till this day, if you watch my reaction, I, I don't believe it's one in. I, I just, <laughs> how did that go in? I think it was beaten last uh, year at the Oval by, I think it was Josh Carson, was it, that scored the OG? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crack. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, I just felt like we were going to win, no matter what. And when I went down to penalties, you know, it's real at, and we didn't really, at the start, We, I thought, right, this is what we're flying here. And then Big Keith and Elvio step up and then next minute Red throw backs against the wall and who else to pull us out of the hole and the big man himself who's done it so many times over the years. And yeah, and I was just delighted myself because I haven't had a penalty from <laughs> under 13s in the Foy Cup. Uh, so I was delighted when the penalty went in. I think when... when my wife said after, says, you're lucky that penalty went in or else I'd be getting shipped out of the West <laughs> uh, by the fans. Uh, so it was, if, you watch, if you watch the actual BBC replay back, you'll, you'll see the relief in my face when I walk away from, the, uh, from hitting the penalty. But Man, yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic. I have so many good memories of around then and it was strange because I think I'll always have um, certain memories from sort of the pandemic time, like uh, the media team did a great job with the whole the Morgan Day thing during the lockdown. And, yeah. um, but then it comes around this semi-final. And uh, like Keith Cahan, like I just delivered, I just grew this massive, this man love for Keith Cahan. What a player. He was unbelievable. And there was a thing he as well. He was a man, man mountain. He was an into Absolutely phenomenal. And then with, um, so Gavin Pearce didn't play, but he, you were talking about Elvio's second half performance. Gavin Pearce basically ran the whole game with Elvio, giving him instructions the, yeah. the, entire, the entire match. Incredible. What a leader. What a man. Honestly, and he came on in the final. and I don't even think he was meant to come on. I think he just said, I'm coming on. Just get, get, get changed. <laughs> Put me on. Uh, tighten things up. And he won headers. He, and he, he wasn't fit. Like He wasn't fit. I'm telling you, I, he may tell you he was, but I know for a fact he was still hurting somewhere. And... He headed, he kicked that last 10 minutes that he played in the final was meant a lot for us. And, um, yeah, I've never been so glad to hear a final whistle. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm going on to the final now. And I mean, I have never been as nervous on the build up to a match uh, in my life. And I don't know if it was because I had to watch it on TV 
you know, so I mm-hmm. couldn't actually be there because I, I went to the Westburn and watched it with loads of people in the middle. I was thinking about it now. It was probably a bit mad. Places bunk. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah. we all we all know the result. Um, you bag the your third winner's medal and the Glens look on the rise again. But what I want to know is like, what was it like, captain, the, this this cup final, captain the Glens to lift the cup. Do you know what? It's one thing that when I sat out, again, as we started when I was younger, that I always wanted to be a captain of the club. But I never felt like a captain until that day. That was when I felt like a, a football captain. When I lifted that trophy, is, honestly, it, it meant not even just on the, on, on the, on the year we had, but it was just always a dream of mine to lift a trophy as captain of a football club. And the day with the club that I've been with so long um, was so special. And I hope it lives long and a lot of Gantorn memories because I'll not be shutting up a bit very soon anyway. <laughs> well, I think it definitely will um, because although we weren't there, the celebrations were absolutely brilliant. Um, so the, basically what happened was we were all in the Westburn and um, I think the cops turned up and said, what's going on here? There's loads of people. And so they were all like, oh, like Corey and that came in and were like, the team are coming. And I mean, this was about an hour and a half before you came. So yeah. everyone went outside and lined the streets and everyone was just standing on the streets. Everyone was drinking and singing and setting off flares and smoke bombs. Uh, the, the bus journey was like something you'd see when a Liverpool team bus approaches Anfield on a European night. What was that like? Oh, fantastic. And I'm sure you see seen where I was sitting up front yeah. with a cup. Like, I wasn't missing it for the world. Like, I was straight up front trying to scrounge a beer off someone. He was up beside the window. Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. And just to hear, you know, the, the chants and the, the songs. And and just the, the, obviously everybody followed us around too. It was like a walk. It, yeah. was nearly like, it was nearly like a, a, a fan escort into the Oval, uh, which was amazing. Uh, you'll never see it. I think that sight and that time was so rare that everybody realised how precious it was and how, how, how long we were to get back to a normality after that. And obviously we had to wait a wee bit longer for it, but it was definitely that that... that That'll sit really well with me. Obviously, it wasn't very legal, wasn't very legal at the time, but uh, <laughs> uh, like it was amazing. It was so uh, oh, like, I can't even explain how how especially for the team. The team, the team enjoyed it so much. Um, I remember Johnny Fraser. Johnny Fraser. Oh, what a guy he is! Uh, if we're talking about Irish Cup runs, like he's your man. Stealing penalties against Portadown, <laughs> you know. He's such, he's such good crack about it too, Johnny. He's he's brilliant. Yeah, I think he's still saying to the Crusaders boys, no, he, he, I think he brings his Irish Cup medal in the, in the training. <laughs> honestly, where to go? Uh, but yeah, like with with players there who were really appreciative of that of that cup final, and no more than me. And then the the next season. So obviously, you're saying we have to wait a long time. Um, but end up 
season of Casillas actually went really well considering we weren't allowed in it. I only got the three games. We only were allowed to go to three games last season because they worked on an ABC category thing. Um, yeah. So there's high expectations for the season. Uh, we got off to this horrendous start, um, but it was pretty remarkable what the squad did to drag themselves back in the, the title conversation. Um, I was looking, actually, it wasn't even for this, I was looking a couple of weeks ago because um, at the at the run that we had, went 12 games unbeaten and then I think we lost one and then we went, went, went another 12 games unbeaten but with two runs of 12 games um, going unbeaten. But what were the conversations sort of been having amongst the squad when we went through six games? I think we're sitting second bottom or maybe even bottom at one stage. As, like, in football, things happen. Like, shit happens. And, like, as a team, I don't think we were, we had jailed anywhere near, especially with the COVID and all that stuff. Like, we hadn't jailed as well as what we what we would have done in a normal situation. Um, but you have to take it on the chin. And I think that's what we did. We took it on the chin and then we were like, right, let's fix it. And as you say, those games that we, you know, we went on the, the two runs, it felt like we were fixing, you know, the games that we that went wrong in the, in the start. Um, obviously, all you, you want to start as best as you can. But if you do get yourself in a rut, it is hard to get out of it. And I thought we'd done really well to get out of it that, that last year. And, um, yeah, and looking back, you know, I thought we could maybe run run the title a wee bit closer. Um, we made mistakes. Um, but it was a good building. It was a good building block for coming into this year. And I mean, you look at the, it was probably the Korean games, really. We cut each other's throats. Uh, the Glens and Corian were drawn three times. Um, that was I tough. think as well, we, was it, was it Glenavon before that as well? Or Glenavon beat us at Mournview and then we um, we lost to Ballymena who had like yeah. a lot of players out. That they, they I think they basically came in so that game. We drew to each of them. Oh, we drew, we drew, we drew to each we away. Aye, and then they beat us we at the home. Oval. Yeah. Aye, that so was they, tough. I, that was tough. That was when we made mistakes. Like Korean's Korean, like that could have went. Either, I thought it could have went either way. I thought we were robbed a wee bit, but yeah, the, those games before you need to be winning those games, um, and that's basically where the challenge sort of faded. Now, personally, we weren't really talking about the title. Like in the dressing room, we weren't talking about it. It was more to do with I kept telling the boys, like, let's qualify for Europe. Let's let's make sure we're qualified for Europe. If we had been qualified for Europe and there was games to go, then you started looking towards the top. Um, so like it didn't it didn't happen. Um, obviously the boys, I thought I thought the boys dug done dug really deep, um, especially in those cold games. We tried we tried our utmost to get to get ourselves back in position, but you know after those two games, I thought it was too late. Well, we did qualify for Europe, um, so it wasn't such a bad end of the season. We actually finished the season quite strongly. That that uh, the one that Neil sealed, sealed the fours down at down at uh, Inver Park. Yeah, we were super that day. Very good. Myself come back from injury too. It was my first game back after a couple of weeks out. Had a suspected broken leg fracture, <laughs> which turned out just to be a really bad hematoma. Um, yeah, but that was a good game. I thought we. Like, when we play Lauren, we 
we stand up to them like they play football, but we play football too, and it's it's sometimes like a chess match. Honestly, it looks like a chess match, but uh, like we've got the better of, of them the majority of the time, and yeah, Max Gold puts us into Europe and. I thought we defended really well in the last 20. I remember the last 20 minutes and they threw the kitchen sink at us and I thought we were very solid. And yeah, things were looking really, really up at that point and, and we're really looking forward once we get into Europe to get get back in the plane in Europe. They threw the kitchen sink and then when they threw the kitchen chair. Yeah. They threw the chair into the stand. Kicked it into the stand. <laughs> Unbelievable. Some say it still hasn't been down. <laughs> um, so it... Moving into sort of well, we'll we'll touch on Europe actually because it was a, it was we got the tie in Europe against TNS and you must have been thinking, I mean here we go this is a good chance. Um, at the overall after a sloppy start I thought we were quite good and then it just didn't really happen for us in the second leg. Yeah, um, like personally it was disappointing, um, especially after the year before going through in Europe, um. Even though it was just one game, um, I thought we were fantastic against a really good Tush Avon team. Um, if you looked at the draw, I thought TNS were probably the, the, the teams that we could have got. I thought TNS was probably the strongest out of, out of those teams. Um, but we didn't you know, do ourselves favours. Um, we had a very limited squad going out there in the second leg. Um, and, you know, getting that home leg in the second leg is probably, you know, fav- more favourable for the other team. Um, their pitch was massive. I've never seen a, never seen a 3G at size. I'll say it's level of Gaelic, it's the same size of the Gaelic pitch, I think. Massive. Um, and it really suited them and they popped the ball about and, you know, they got the, they got their goals very quick success and we weren't able to come back. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing. I, I, looking back, especially all the hard work that we've done to get into that position to make sure we were you know we were in Europe and not the, the fall at the first hurdle was, was disappointing especially you know that TNS team nearly got into the, Europe, or the conference league they, they were one game away um, so it was a missed opportunity for us and one that we're, we're looking to put right definitely if, when we ever get into Europe this year and it's been a bit of an indifferent start to this season um, so obviously we lost last night, um, but before that we were seven unbeaten, and it's probably the drop points. So Linfield beat us and beat as well, um, but it was more so the drop points against Corian and Portadown are probably the most disappointing. Um, but I suppose that maybe you can look at it at the positives is we haven't really got going yet, and um, we're only about three points off second place. So if we haven't really kicked out of second gear, and we're still there thereabouts. Then that's got to bode well. Like you, you said, I I think we've a lot more to show. Um, we have a very good nucleus of a team, and you know, good players come off the bench. Um, loads of good young players. Um, I honestly just think that we need to just to kick on now. And you know, what's happened at this point in time has happened. We're at the two cups, and you know, we are where we are in the league. That needs to be left behind and just focus on moving up this table as as uh, the best we can. Um, just taking it game by game. I know I sound like a Nazi day pundit here, um, but look, it, it is that is basically it. We need to take it. We need to take it one game at a time, and 
Um, it really does start with, with a big game against Balamina, who's flying at the moment. And it'll be a lot different than what we played them last time. Um, you know, they're off the back of two great wins. And uh, Davey will have Emmons flying on Saturday. So it's up, to, up for us to, at home to match them and get three points. Where do you see? Is there, I don't know if there's any talk amongst the squad or anything about where you see the project going. I mean, the impetus has to be on the games winning the title soon. Um, but do you see it sort of? Is that where you should see the, it going, or is there ever talk about the progression on Europe, or do you have sort of the then conversations? Yeah, like between us as as players, like we all want to win the league. Like I've wanted to win the league when we finished ninth. You know. You know, that's I've always wanted to win the league. There's no doubt about it. Now, personally, personally, I think we can win the league. Um, and I don't think there's a person out there who would say different. Um, obviously, we haven't given ourselves a, a an unbelievable start, but we're all big enough and ugly enough to, to claw our way out of it and start putting points on the board. So far, experienced who you know, can drag a team out. Of, obviously, because it's the same players who drag us out of the, you know, the terrible start, you know, previous years. So, like, we're here to pick up points. We've got a great margin staff. We've added, we've got Rodney in, who's, who's a, he's a great technical um, on-man uh, manager as a coach. And, yeah, Honestly, I think that we we're going in the right direction. Um, just dis- we just had disappointments in the last few few weeks, and it, it hurts us. And I think sometimes the fans think it doesn't, and it it does hurt us. We 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 are hurting, um, but we want to put it right. And I th- I think the boys are are, uh, are really looking forward to Saturday to put to put it right. So your time at the over oval overall. Um, it's safe to say that the fans have really taken the and it's great because we always see you in the Premier Lounge, we always see you in the milk bar, walking about uh, at, at various different functions. Um, how would you describe your time and your Glenthorne career so far? Uh, as a roller coaster, but as a roller coaster that I don't want to get off anytime soon. Um, it's been obviously filled with lots of lots of lows but the highs have been so sweet that it just I can't get away from it I can't you know I, I, I've been sucked into this a club that is so welcoming um, especially with the family and um, and just personally myself um, uh, yeah it's been it's been an unbelievable time so far. And uh, so looking at into the future, so obviously there's a brave bit off, brave bit off yet. You've still a good few years left in those legs. But um, have you any aspirations to be a manager or a coach, or do you, do you ever look at managers and go, I could do that? <laughs> I definitely don't do that. I wouldn't waste some of the manager's jobs and the, the worst enemy. Um, I don't see myself, I honestly don't see myself as a manager or coach now. It doesn't mean that, you know, next few years that might change. Um, but I do have a, I do have aspirations to be in a Glen Torn in certain capacities and 
you know, what really appeals to me is, is keeping, you know, Glen Torn being on the tongues of, of young people who, um, you know, maybe don't get the games and maybe should come to games and enjoy Glen Torn because as a family, as a family club, you know, we need to keep, keep it, uh, Glen Torn um, in the community and um, people coming through the doors to watch the games. You've been so obviously you so said me being oh bad. No, sorry, going ahead, finish what you're saying. No, I'm just saying like as if I was some sort of ambassador for the club, that would be something that I'd be really interested and obviously yeah, I'm an ambassador at the moment, but anything after, you know, when the football ends, I would love to be something along those lines. So um you signed a new deal. Um, in the in the summer there, and that brings you in the testimonial season. Um, are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to all your testimonial events? Yeah, it's it's been something that uh, I've really strived towards because I was involved with Jason's. Um, I was actually a part of Jason's testimonial committee, um, which was a real eye opener. It was something that I've never seen in a club come together so much. Um, just over one player. And to be able to, to say that that's going to be me and the club to give me something like that is, is something that I, like, I'm so happy that, that, uh, that they've offered me it with the new contract. And look, it, it's, I'm just looking forward to all the fans enjoying themselves and coming along to the all the stuff that we're going to put on there's so much good ideas um, but again as the gaffer would tell me he says you need to put that in the back burner because we have to focus on this year first <laughs> we have plenty more to think about now than we do next year so yeah, yeah. I've got it in the, in the safe hands of, of, of Ruth so she's going to be the, the chair chairperson as I say of the committee so she's already planned probably about 15 things she's probably planning things as we speak right now that's how uh, that's, <laughs> that's how uh, busy she is and how uh, well organised she is so yeah she's told me I just have to turn up and smile and be very thankful and as as I am I always am anyway so when I have um, I have some supporters questions a bit of a quick fire round some are supporters questions or some are just general questions Um so I'll go through here and pick a few. So the first one would be sort of from Andrew Vay, and he says, would you like to finish your career at the Glens? That's where you see yourself play, seeing the rest of your playing days. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No doubt. No, no, no doubt. Uh, who's, Johnny Sloan says, who's the best player that you played with and against? With? Uh... Do you know what? It's going to be a random, random one. You're probably thinking, why is he saying him? But see David Scullion. See as a pro and as a, as a, as a footballer. Honestly, I can never get the ball off in training. <laughs> so I'll probably say David. Uh, scored a lot of important on, goals. And did indeed. And such a good servant for Korean on ourselves and played in England as well. Um, but I played against 
we played against that boy who plays for uh, Milan. He was good. I forget his name. Boy. He played in the Selenia team. Uh, he was like a Rolls Royce. He played centre half. Unreal. But the quick, the best player I, play, I played actually up against was Steve Naismith. He was the quickest player I've ever seen. That was in his prime. Mm-hmm. And I think I started five yards in front of him and he ended up 20 yards in front, in front of me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Stephen Naismith on pure pace. He was so fast. So Mackenzie Parr says, "What is your best memory at the Glen so far?" So far is probably lifting the cup. Lifting the cup would probably be, yeah. Well, as captain or or what one? As captain, yeah. As captain, as yeah. captain, yeah. It meant a lot to me. And, um. The other, the other two were special, but that was just based on the key. Sort of the internet connections. Um, the other two were still on the key. Sort of playing yeah. up here. It's probably mine. Did you get that? I got it. I did. I, I got mine, it. I sort of lost. I'll be jumping. I'll, I'll apologise to anyone listening because um, I'll not chop and change at all or else I'll be here all night. But um, so. I'll go with one more fan question and then I'll finish with another question of my own. Um, we'll go with uh, Darren Kirk. He says, what's it like to play under Mick McDermott? Who's the most influential manager you played under? Uh, Mick's great, to be honest. Um, he doesn't leave anything to chance. Um, he covers everything. Um, I'll give him that anything. Every, everything's covered statistically. Um, tactically, um, everything's covered, and that's the first time I've seen that. And he obviously kicks up from his time in, in Iran. Um, but yeah, no, things have been good under Mick. I think it, the team is, has progressed under him, um, and we're obviously going in the right direction. Uh, but I think Addy, looking back at Addy, would have probably been the most influential manager. In regarding to that was my restart in the Irish League and he gave him a chance. Um, but I have to mention Madea too. Madea, even though he was hard on me, I'll give Madea a mention because you know it was a long time stick me for nine years, even though even though he has to stick me because I'm his son, but uh, <laughs> you know, he he uh all them trips to the Lisbon League pitches and yeah, any trial I went on to with the Northern Ireland team or you know, even even when I was at Linfield, he was still cart me about. So, like, fair play to my dad. Give him his juice. So, the one I'm going to finish with is: Have you any sort of? Have you a funny story, funny moment from dressing room or a trip or an away day or something to do with a player that you'd like to share? Probably not. I don't think I could share it on this platform. <laughs> to be honest, uh, there was one time I thought this was so. Good. We were actually in the Bali night, and I think we were doing. Uh, the stars in race. I was up singing. I was doing some, something mad anyway. And we were playing Cliverville that day, and we were behind him. So Eddie did the big talk, and he was like, "It's a three point or it's a six pointer. It's a six pointer." And uh, obviously, because you're behind him, you know, it feels like you're gaining, you're gaining three and whatnot. And we were sitting in the, the dress. I think we're being Kevin Bradley turned around and goes, Did we actually get six points for it? 
and all the boys were <laughs> roaring, laughing, and Morty, Morty, Morty actually brought it into his act in the in the, uh, the stars in your eyes, and all the boys started laughing again. So, um, boys up up the way, Morris. Uh, I think this is probably a good place to leave it. The internet connection cannot be anyway, but we actually got there. We got there in the end. Um, thanks so much for, for coming on. You've been a super guest. I'm sure everyone will really, really enjoy it. Um, it's been amazing to have you at our club. It's amazing to have you as our club captain. Um, you're, you're a proper role model for everyone. and it's, it's amazing to hear you speak about how you want to put Glentorn on the, the lips of future generations and how you're going to be an ambassador for the club. And I would encourage everyone that when it gets around your testimonial season to get out and support you in that testimonial season to thank you for all you've done for this club. And here's to you lifting one day the Gibson Cup as Gentleman Captain. Cheers, man. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you, man. Well, folks, um, just a wee outro. I wouldn't used to do one of these, but um, I just have to say apologies for the internet connection there. Um, towards the end, it caused a few problems. I was worried that we weren't going to get the podcast finished, but we did, and hopefully it was still bearable. Hope you all agreed that it was a really good chat with Marcus. Um, he was really open and honest, and it was just so good to see such a laid-back um, guy, such a, a down-to-earth guy, um, as captain of our club. Um, if you would like to, you can follow us on Twitter at Shout at the Oval, and you can also find us on Facebook, Shout at the Oval Podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can give us a five-star rating. Um, thanks very much for sticking with us and for all the support so far. Cheers. <laughs>